Welcome to Come Together San Diego, the live local show on K-Praise, designed to explore what unity in the body of Christ sounds like within our communities and beyond. Don't just listen to it, be a part of it. Now, here's your host, Bible teacher, writer, broadcaster, and lover of God, Kaz Taylor. Well, hello, my friends. I'm just going to ask a question, particularly for those who live in uh, the state of California. Do you know that something important is happening for the entire state soon, and it has to do with you uh, understanding what those things are and uh, making your voice heard? It's called voting. It's called the gubernatorial recall. Did you know that? If you didn't know that, you really need to listen to the show. And if you knew that, you really need to listen to the show because we're going to give you insights about not only the voting, but the people and the purposes of uh, God's kids, Judeo-Christian values, and the enemy's plans to destroy Judeo-Christian values. You need to pay close attention to this broadcast. And you know I can't do this alone, so I brought in one of the most wise uh, people that I know, and uh, she has uh, connections, but she also has invested invested much of her time in uh, Judeo-Christian values and in, in instructing them not only to pastors and churches, but to people like you and me. Her name is Dran Reese, and hey, hello, Dran, I haven't finished introducing you, but you can say hi and things like that. Oh, well, Kaz, hi, how are you? It's so nice to be here. Thanks for inviting you know, me back. Oh, it's a pleasure, and I haven't finished... <laughs> bragging on you a little bit. But yeah, you can stop there. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just need my listening friend. You need to pay. You can tell we're going to have fun because Dran's been a friend for a long time and she is a person in the know and she has horizontal and vertical relationship, but she's the founder of Salt and Light Council and she'll tell you a little bit about that as we go and also uh, Biblical Voter, uh, Public School Exit, uh, uh, Content of Character Series, so, ma- so many different things that she is connected with and she she's a team player. That's the only way she plays. So, Dran, why don't you briefly give an overview of this? And because because we're setting the stage, what are what are people going to be hearing about during this two hours from five to seven p.m. Pacific time? Dran Reese, oh, Kaz Taylor. <laughs> well, we are going to be uh, moving from one subject to another subject, then back again. But basically, we're going to be talking about the recall election and how people need to get out and vote. But also, we're going to be talking about the different mandates and what's being. Uh, uh, foisted upon the American public here in California. We are in a we're in a situation now where people are having to make some very serious decisions about their future and where they're going to work, if they're going to work. They're. And so what we want to do is we want to clarify some of that because we are men and women of God. Sure. And our first and foremost priority is to God himself. And so our job here today, hopefully, is to bring the Word of God back to life in our lives and not to be afraid. And we're going to be hearing from some amazing people. We're going to hear from Bishop Art Hodges, who is on the board of Salt and Light Council. He'll be with us here at the first segment. and He knows voting issues very greatly, and he can give some great insights, can't he? Well, he got right on the front lines here recently. <laughs> he won a $1.6 million lawsuit. We'll let him tell you about that against Gavin Newsom, Ooh. which is one of the reasons why it's so important that we get a new governor in this state, because the mandates for churches were exceptionally hard yes. on this uh, during this COVID lockdown and pandemic. Yes. So we'll be hearing from him. And then r- right after that, we'll bring in Pastor Stephen Broden. He's the executive director of Content of Character series, and he also is the senior pastor of his church in Texas. And so he's had a lot of requests from the people in his church, as well as Bishop Art Hodges, both of them. Sure. That's why this is so important, is we're going to tag team on what pressure is being put exactly. on the Christians inside of the church. And perhaps and, even some ethnic issues as well. 
everything. everything. It's all happening. You know, America's <laughs> on fire right now. <laughs> yes. It's all happening all at once, and we have to stay alert, and we have to stay courageous in the midst of it. So I, there are also some things we need to know about uh, voting issues and how to vote and why to vote and what to look for, and you have somebody coming on later in the show regarding that? Right. And towards the end, what we'll do is we'll wrap it up with Ruth Rise. She's from Election Integrity Project. Her and Linda Payne have done a marvelous job here in California tracking all of the uh, voter uh, information and actually tracking fraud, as well as as making sure that all of us understand how to properly cast a vote. And so she's going to make it very clear for us in the last hour or the last half hour of the show exactly what to do, what to fill out, how to fill it out, how to get your vote so it's it's counted 100%, and it isn't put into the hands of people that might be able to manipulate it. Yeah. You know, I was playing tennis this morning. I tried to get a little bit of tennis in, but I just kind of tossed a, a few little nuggets out there. These people, some of them have been vaxxed, and some of them have a voting mentality. And the, basically, the overview was, let it go. Let the elections go. It'll be taken care of. It. And I was talking to him about some of the nefarious things that uh, people are doing to try to sway the vote one direction or another. And, and, and they look at me in a very discrediting way way and going, you don't know what you're talking about. And I'm going, I wish you were right, but I do know these things are going on. And so there's a lot of people out there, and they're innocent, innocent of heart, but they just don't know. Well, that's the biggest problem with Christians. They don't spend time investigating all the bills and issues. They listen particularly to the news and probably not the right news when they're listening to it. Yes. So they're, have a, uh, their minds are uh, being uh, propagandized with you know, one agenda or another. But I wanted to share, if I could take a moment, if this is the right time, to talk about why we're even involved in this recall, this recall with Gavin Newsom, the governor here of California. It it really is for a lot of reasons. I mean, all of us can take a look at the fact that so many things have happened. We've had over 30% of the businesses in in our state that have closed down during COVID and they have not survived and they're mm. not going to open and we have people moving out of this sure. state because of the high taxes and there's a, there's it's superficial but there's also an ulterior motive tied to this as well. Well, I would I don't know why, but he's favoring himself. <laughs> he left his winery open. Yeah. Oh, the, yeah. Dumb. You know, it's these. You know, the people in office right now are behaving as a hypocrite. We hear about that in the Bible. Yes, we you do. Hypocrite, you brood of vipers. Um, now, Bishop Bart Hodges will certainly talk to the issue about churches being closed and considered non-essential. I mean, of all the businesses out there, the church is the most essential business out there. We are the ones that are the spiritual guides. Don't you think also, let me step back a pace on that for that statement now, to extrapolate a little bit more on that. Part of it is the churches have been uh, closed or uh, fearful to open up, but also the mentality of the pastors needs to be adjusted, wouldn't you say, in many, in many instances? Oh, that is so true. So many churches are still shut down. I mean, we're attempting to do our, with Pastor Stephen Broden, some content of character series in the inner cities, and sure enough, Many of the black yes. churches have never reopened after COVID. That's heartbreaking to think that they, they don't feel that they should go against the government's rules or mandates. You know, it's not that you're going against it. Who do we honor primarily? Do yes. we honor God or do we honor government? Wow. And God has told us that the gospel is to reach all the world, and we're not to shut down the gospel from being preached anywhere at any time. And if the church lays down like the ground to be walked over, it will no longer be of any influence whatsoever. Yeah. And it's, it's a slippery path, but the first, it seems innocent at first, you know, I'm, I'm just being responsive to government mandates and things like that. But when those government mandates become imbalanced and their focus is against Judeo-Christian heart cries, then you go, 
I need to make a stand. But sometimes, the, the old analogy of the frogs in the water, uh, sometimes it's boiling too much for you to even get out. Well, they have actually targeted the churches yes. as a primary target. Why? Because we're that little thin line that holds back evil from having its full measure, and we need to stop them. They need to consider the churches as a priority. I mean, here's a couple of other uh, instances of what they did. They allowed churches to be considered non-essential, yes. but strip clubs were open. And th- th- this is going back to Gavin Newsom, that it is a full picture here of what this administration wants to do to the citizens here of California. Living here in California, people are are downright concerned about the future of this state. And rightly so. Yeah, we have a massive homeless um, issue and a problem here. It's the highest in the nation. We have a teachers union and a public school system that's mm-hmm. out of control. Mm-hmm. I mean, what these kids are, what the parents are learning, that their kids are learning, is frightening them, yes. and they want out rapidly, yes. which is where we're you know, uh, been called to action with our public school exit quite considerably. Uh, so I'm really happy about that on our behalf that we're getting kids out of the public school. But on the other side of it, the fact that we can't trust public schools to care for their, our children's innocent minds. Yes. So it just goes on. We've had laugh, lack of leadership in California that's really been of any, um, uh, you know, just where we could be proud of this state. We're very, very concerned about the future. And we have fires going on right now. And these fires... I mean, lives are being destroyed, and people are at risk of death in these areas. And what are we really doing to prevent these wildfires from occurring? There's so many things that we can do preemptively, but we don't do it. And this state is one of the worst. And there's just so many uh, others here. We've got about 30 seconds left in this segment. But also, tell us what we have to look forward to in the next segment, Dran. I mean, listen, my listening friend, I hope you're getting... uh, We wanted to spend the first segment for Dran to give you kind of an overview, and she did a great job. In fact, you go, are those things true? We're going to dig into it more deeply as we continue the show. But my listening friend, this is a a call to action for us. You know, we've been sitting on the sidelines. In fact, uh, a few months ago, six, eight months ago, 10 months ago, a year ago, you know, we thought life was just normal and things like that. There was an ulterior motive to take Judeo-Christian values down, and California and some of the, some of the uh, liberal governors across the United States have had that motive, uh, and now it's coming to bear. And so we're going to spend this entire show talking about that and how it relates to you and even what you need to do if you're in California as far as voting. And, and so uh, 30 seconds or 20 seconds more, Dren, and then we'll go to a commercial break. Well, this is what we're here for, is we're here to have your listening audience take a good look at who they are. Have you been actively involved in voting? Have you been actively involved in understanding what the bills, legislation, issues are in California, and not only just learning about them, but going out and voicing your opinion on them, calling your state legislators, calling your elected officials, going down and visiting their offices. When you, as a citizen, apply the pressure to them, they listen. They're afraid of you. Our elected officials are actually afraid of the people. That's what we need to do is we need to make them absolutely afraid <laughs> yes, that yes, Christians yes. are going to come and That's right. shine the light on we their lives. We don't even realize the weaponry that we have, the spiritual weaponry that we have. My listening friend, I hope you've been enticed and that you're uh, geared in to listen to the entire broadcast from 5 to 7 p.m. Pacific time, uh, or you can go to www.kprz.com and uh, click the Listen Live button on your smartphone or smart device. My listening friend, next up is going to be a powerhouse of a man, Bishop Art Hodges. He's going to give you some uh, voting issues that have come to the foreground that you need to know about, and so much more when Dran Reese of Salt and Light Council and Kaz come right back. 
This is Come Together San Diego, the live local show on K-Praise. More Come Together San Diego is just moments away. Now, more of Come Together San Diego, the live local show on K-Praise. Here's Kaz Taylor. Hello, my friends. I hope, uh, you know, you're, you're buckled in. Of course, if you're driving in the car and listening to this, I really hope you're buckled in. But uh, in a symbolic sense, I hope you're buckled in and ready to receive information because this is going to be fire hydrant time because we've got people that know stuff. And because of the limitations that we have on the show, we're done. It's a two-hour broadcast and it's filled. But you need to be prepared to make note of these things. And some of these notes that you're going to take, you're going to go, I can do that. I can do that. And some of these things you're going to go, my friend can do that. And all of a sudden you're going to realize you have a horizontal community as well as that intimate vertical community wherein God can empower you. And so that's what we want to do here. Dran Reese, my co-host for the entire two hours, she's a founder of Salt and Light Council, biblical voter, you know, the list goes on, public school exit, content of character series, and so much more. She has intimate horizontal relationships with pastors, leaders, and uh fire starters such as you <laughs> and she wants to introduce someone and we're going to take it from there dran reese who do we have yes sir well kaz we have with us bishop art hodges bishop art hodges is on our board of the salt and light council there's yeah. a good reason for it after you get through listening to him you're going to understand why our ministry only wants to be with pastors who have the willingness to be engaged in all levels. He is the Southern California Superintendent for the United Pentecostal International Churches, and he's also the Senior Pastor for South Bay United Pentecostal Church. But what's so special about Bishop Art Hodges, try to say that fast 30 times, <laughs> is that he, he came to my house a few years ago and a light bulb went off. And Bishop Art, are you there? Bishop Art, hi, yes, Dennis. Thank you, Joanna Cass. Good to <laughs> oh, be with you. It's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. Yes, Bishop Art, I want to start with that, just asking you a simple question. What was it that caused you to recognize that you needed to be engaged in the fight? Well, I think it was a couple of things. Number one, when I came to your house a few years ago and met many of the uh, people who had run for public office in that year's big election in California, some of whom won, senators, congressmen, and others whom lost, uh, John Cox for governor, for example, Steve Bailey, attorney general, and so on. And I listened to their heart, and I realized that there are actually good people who are God-fearing people that have altruistic, righteous motives and goals that want to fulfill the biblical mandate, which says, when the righteous are ruling— the people of the land rejoice, they prosper. Yes. But when those who are doing wickedly rule and reign, everyone suffers. And I realize these are people that are called by God to this mission field, if you will, to serve in the realm of government leadership, what others would call politics. Well, I've called politics yes. in the past, to be frank with you. But I realize, you know, we've got to come together. My mission is not politics. I'm not called to be a politician. I know what I'm called to do. I'm called to preach the gospel. But guess what? Others are not called to that same mission, but they're called to righteous leadership. We need mm -hmm. to join our forces in order to make this happen. So that's when the light bulb went off. <laughs> and so for the last few years, I began getting engaged. And really, I'm trying to now encourage other pastors who, like myself, have never entered this arena in our entire life yes. and ministry 
But now we realize, you know, I think we made a mistake by advocating that responsibility to others because when we left the void there by pulling out the light and righteousness of Christ Mm -hmm. in that political arena, well, guess what? Evil rushed in like a floodgate, and now we're paying the price for it. Mm -hmm. But I am the optimist because I believe in a God of miracles. (laughs) When things are impossible humanly, they're still possible with God. And so I believe we can literally turn the largest state in America back to God, which is the state of California. Yes. You say that's impossible. I no. say that's wonderful. That's the perfect. That's how God, God functions, God isn't it? Step in and make it happen. Bishop Art yeah. Hodges, I'm going to hand the baton over to you and Dran, and you guys can chat about this, and I'll do passive color commentary because time is tight and we want to get the most out of you. But let me just give you this freedom, okay? No holds barred. Let her rip. My listening audience needs to hear these things, so don't be restrained. And uh, Dran, how how would you and uh, uh, Bishop Art Hodges like to take this? Well, first of all, I want to just thank you so much for having that heart for our country. And I so wish that other pastors would hear what you just said. It's so important that they're all involved. Bishop Art, I want to talk a little bit about one thing that you did, and if you could just briefly give the listening audience an overview of the lawsuit that you took on. I mean, you became the plaintiff in a major lawsuit and decided that you're not just going to become an active pastor, uh, talking to your congregation and other pastors about the role to be involved, but you literally went out on the front line. Bishop Art, tell them about the lawsuit that you just won $1.6 million against Gavin Newsom. Yes. So in brief, uh, no pun intended, we, we filed dozens of briefs over the last year. But uh, but in brief form here, uh, we filed our initial lawsuit on May the 8th against Governor Gavin Newsom, the state of California, because of their overreach of our constitutional rights to free exercise of religion by closing church doors while simultaneously allowing virtually every big box store to remain operational, allow at that time uh, most every restaurant to remain open, to allow liquor stores, marijuana dispensaries, planned murderhood clinics, and so on to remain open. So it's a very egregious discrimination against churches, and ultimately the Supreme Court uh, has emphatically uh, made that the declaration and, and, and the rule, the rulings that they finally came down with seven in a row in favor of religious liberty over the last uh, six months. So we're thankful to that. But our initial suit was filed on May the 8th, 2020. And that went through the federal court, the Ninth Circuit Court. And within 15 days, we were standing before the Supreme Court with that case, some kind of a record probably, in getting a case before the Supreme Court. Seven days later, they ruled on that case. And unfortunately, uh, we did not receive a satisfactory ruling. We had a 5-4 ruling against us. Justice John Roberts uh, sided with the, the ungodly ruling side. And so that began a journey that our church and myself, along with numerous others across America, uh, fighting this good fight in the courts. Uh, Long story short, in less than one year, we had four rulings at the federal court level. We had all of them went against us, by the way. We had four rulings at the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals. Three of the four went against us. And we had three Supreme Court rulings. That first one went against us. And then we were win number five. And we were the last ruling by the Supreme Court in America on these religious liberty issues during the pandemic, that final ruling coming down on April 26. And then June 1, California waved the white flag of surrender, and they settled our case on three points. Number one, we are the prevailing party. And number two, permanent injunctions going forward in the state of California. They can never again close the doors of the church 
if they haven't closed every other door in the state. So they can't discriminate against churches in this manner going forward. And number three, the $1.6 million judgment you referenced, I I wish that was money we could say, now we've got money to spend advancing the kingdom. Literally every dollar of that uh, was to pay all of our legal fees for this battle. But we're thankful to God for an incredible, amazing victory to reopen doors of churches. And I think established now with this new Supreme Court, thank God for President Trump making the uh, appointments when he did, especially this last appointment, replacing Ruth Bader Ginsburg with Amy Coney Barrett. And now we were getting favorable rulings. In fact, our uh, ruling on, on February 5 was actually a six to three ruling, a six to three ruling in our favor. And then again, our final April 26 ruling that was the nail in the coffin for states and governors overreaching our religious liberties. Uh, that ruling was, again, a five to four ruling, but in our favor on that occasion. So uh, that's the fight that we've been engaged in. Unfortunately, I don't believe that's the end of it. I believe it's really the wake-up call for churches and people of faith across our nation. Again, we need everyone to be engaged in this fight. We are in the battle of our lifetimes, and it is a spiritual warfare. Make no mistake about it. It's not politics and partisan and Republicans and Democrats. And yeah, that, that, that's just the surface. That's just the, you know, the players on the chessboard. It is the epic battle of the ages between good and evil, between God and Satan, between righteousness and unrighteousness. That's driving the entire agenda that, that we're all dealing with right now on every, every level. We need every believer to pray up. We need every believer to listen up to what God speaks to their heart. We need every believer to stand up for what's right, and we need every believer to speak up. We cannot afford the silence of the lambs during the hour, or the church will be slaughtered. We've got to pray up, listen up, stand up, speak up, and if every every born-again believer in Jesus Christ would do that, we literally could turn the tide yes. back to righteousness. We could do it yes. with God's help we can. Yes, God's got the numbers, and those numbers are sitting in the chair that you're sitting in, my listening friend. So, Bishop Art Hodges, I, I hope you're going to be able to stay with us at least one more segment, uh, and, and because sure. you've, you've only scratched the surface, even though you've talked about Gavin Newsom <laughs> and lawsuits and things like that. You've begun opening eyes to our listening friends, but stay with us for another, at least another segment. I know Dran has some other questions and other discussions she wants to breach broach with you. Speaking of breach and broach, when you talk about words, there, you know, we understand that the church needs to wake up and the church and uh, other people are going, I want to be woke. And no, that's not the thing. We want to be awakened by God and his Holy Spirit to be empowered by him. Uh, I, I trust that you guys are going to talk about that and so many other things. Dran, when uh, you and I and Bishop Art Hodges come right back. You're listening to Come Together San Diego, the live local show on K-Praise. Don't just listen to it. Be a part of it at 866-577-2473. You're just moments away from more Come Together San Diego on K-Praise. Hello, San Diego. This is Rick Sines from uh, Red Seal Ministries. I just bless you and ask you just to receive the love of the Lord at this time, uh, this open season we have in San Diego. Now, more of Come Together San Diego, the new live local show on K Praise. Here's Cass Taylor. 
Hello, my friends. I mean, an incendiary topic. We're dealing with uh, voting in uh, Southern California, the gubernatorial recall coming soon to a state near you. My listening friend, I wanted to give you an opportunity to hear some people who are not only in the forefront, also behind the scenes on things so they can give you insights uh, that you need to know about. And I don't want to cut into Dran Reese's time. She's my co-host, the founder of Salt and Light Council, Biblical Voter, Public School Exit, and Content of Character Series, and uh, so many different other things. But uh, she and uh, Bishop Art Hodges of the uh, United Pentecostal Methodist Church and a San Diego guy as well have a stirring conversation. And I'm going to hand the baton back to you, Dran, and uh, back to you, Bishop Art Hodges. Lay it on us. Okay, Kaz, thank you so much. I have a lot of questions for you, Bishop Art Hodges. So um, just, uh, you know, answer them at will. Um, For one thing, I just want to share with all the listening audience that Bishop Art Hodges did an exhaustive research study of the platforms of the Democrat and Republican Party from a constitutional, biblical, and historical standpoint. That is now published in a little booklet that our listening audience can get on biblicalvoter.com, biblicalvoter.com. It's called the Biblical Voter Booklet, a step-by-step guide to biblical voting. It's what you need to know to save America. (coughs) Now, I don't know if you're prepared to talk about some of those points that are in there, Bishop Art. I have the booklet in front of me. But sure, I, found, I can do that. Oh, that would be awesome. I just found it absolutely amazing. Can you tell our listening audience the difference in the two parties from a biblical standpoint? I certainly can, and that's the second thing that woke me up as a pastor and made me realize we have got to engage ourselves in the fight for righteousness, even in the political arena. And so I read the party platforms, and I came to startling conclusions. I downloaded them both in the word processors to verify what I thought I was reading, and indeed, it is verified. So let me share a few contrasts with you. One party platform mentions Bible, the other one does not. One mentions divine, the other one does not. One mentions creator, the other one doesn't. One mentions prayer, the other one doesn't. One mentions sing, the other one doesn't. One mentions praise, the other one doesn't. One mentions pastors, the other one does not. One mentions preaching, the other one does not. One mentions fathers, the other one doesn't. One mentions morality, the other one doesn't. One mentions strong families, the other one doesn't. One mentions religious liberty, the other one doesn't. One mentions traditional family, the other one doesn't. One mentions inalienable rights, the other one doesn't. One mentions traditional marriage, the other one doesn't. One mentions sanctity of human life, the other one doesn't. One mentions traditional family values. The other one doesn't. One mentions traditional religious beliefs. The other one doesn't. One mentions Judeo-Christian heritage. The other one doesn't. One mentions the Declaration of of Independence. The other one doesn't. One mentions God bless America. The other one doesn't. One mentions Christian eight times and Muslim one time. The other one mentions Christian one time and Muslim eight times. One mentions praise two times and protest zero times. The other one mentions protest four times and praise zero times. One mentions God 15 times and LGBT zero times. The other one mentions God one time and LGBT 26 times. And on and on and on these contrasts go. When I realized that, I said, you know, I am not politically partisan, but it is very obvious that if a political candidate is going to adhere to their party platform, which they are expected to do, it's very obvious if you don't know candidates, you can figure out which would be the better choice just by comparing these two party platforms. Bishop Art, sometimes I think about these two 
parties and their platforms. And clearly one of the parties is going to protect religious freedom. And as Christians, what choice do we have? But we have to pick a party that represents our values here in America. And at this point, if the the one party doesn't represent our values, I believe as a Christian, don't we have an obligation to at least select the party that stands closest to God to protect our religious freedom for the future? Well, I would certainly think so. Obviously, pick the candidate that best represents your biblical moral values. But if you don't know or you're not sure, then by default, determine that based on the party platform they have pledged allegiance to. Because in order to be endorsed by their party as their party's chosen candidate, they have to have acknowledged, yes, I'm going to embrace our party's platform. Now, they may not do that on every point. That's up to each candidate, I suppose, at the end of the day. But if you can't independently verify that, then certainly the default would be utilize the party platforms to make your choice. Exactly. Well, thank you so much for that, Bishop Art. Again, you can get pick up this booklet. It's called The Biblical Voter Booklet, A Step-by-Step Guide to Biblical Voting on biblicalvoter.com. It's essential. And if you're a pastor and you're out there listening, this is a sermon. Pick, up, pick this up and give this as a sermon to your, to your parishioners. They may be pastors, Drenner. They may be some, one of the administrators in that church environment. Amen. Yeah, if you are listening, please uh, go there, pick up this booklet, buy one for every one of the people in your congregation and give them out. I think this is, this is going to be a game changer, and I think if we really pay attention to what these parties stand for, then it will open our eyes as to what we're what they're going to do to us in the future. So, Bishop Art, I want to talk about you and your church, and I know that you're superintendent over several churches uh, on, on the West Coast. Um, how many churches are you overseeing? Uh, I, I serve over 250 pastors, ministers, and churches in Southern California. Altogether, we have right at 600 in the state of California. Wow, that's that's amazing. Well, what is your pastoral perspective on the elections, and what are you encouraging the other churches to do in this recall election, and any election for that matter? Certainly. So I'm doing something in this recall election that I think we're going to do ongoing, but it's the first time we've done it. I encourage every pastor, every church leader, every church influencer, if you have the opportunity, I encourage you to follow suit. So here's what I started doing about uh, two Sundays ago. I had received, my wife and I, our ballots in the mail on Saturday, and I just felt when I pulled them out of the mailbox, the Lord charged my heart with some responsibility and this idea. And so I took the ballots to church, and across the pulpit before I preached that Sunday morning, I held the ballots up. I had the entire congregation stand, and I explained, these are the recall ballots. Let's pray. We need to pray the prayer Jesus taught us to pray when he said, Thy will be done, talking to God our Father, thy will be done, thy kingdom come here in earth as it is in heaven. So we need to pray that prayer over these ballots. It's Mm -hmm. our responsibility to be stewards of the earth that God entrusted us with. That includes the governance of the earth. So we have a responsibility, especially in America. We are, it's we the people. It's, it's a government that's supposed to be by the people, for the people. So we are individually responsible, and we're responsible to God for this. So I said, I'm going to encourage everyone to join me in praying over these ballots, and I'm going to bring these to the pulpit every Sunday up through September 12, the Sunday before the Tuesday Recall election, September 14, and I'm going to encourage you, when you get your ballots in the mail, 
bring them to church. When we have this prayer, you hold your ballot up in the air, and we're going to pray over these ballots. And I'm praying that God will lead and direct you on how to vote. There's two questions. Number one, are you in favor of recalling Governor Newsom? Yes or no? And number two, if the majority vote yes, then which would be the candidate you would choose to replace him? And I'm going to actually fill my ballot out on that last Sunday, September 12, in the house of God, in the sanctuary. I'm going to make this a sacred act and a sacred duty, and then I'm going to personally carry that ballot down to the polling place. I'm not going to trust it to the mail. I'm going to personally carry it into that polling place on Tuesday. They'll probably confiscate it, tear it up, make me fill out a new one. That's fine. I'll fill it out the same way God prompted me to fill it out when I was in his presence, in his house, and we're going to vote biblically, and we're going to follow the leading of God's Spirit in this endeavor. Wow. Amen. And all I can say right now, Bishop Art, praise God for you. I hope there are pastors listening. Every pastor in America must be doing that. Kudos to you. Wow, wow. I'm so humbled by your insights there, Bishop um, Art Hodges, and your intimate relationship horizontally with so many other um, United Pentecostal churches and others as well. I'm so honored to know that of you. God bless you mightily, sir. Thank you for spending a couple segments with us. I know you're busy. You're preparing church things and things like that as well. So for you to take this time out speaks highly of the character of the man. So thank you very much, sir. Happy to do it any time for you, Kaz and Dran. Okay, it's a pleasure. Dran, it's time for us to take a break, but what do we have on the next uh, uh, on the other side of this break? Just quickly. Very quickly, we're going to have Pastor Stephen Broden and Bishop Art Hodges and he, they both know each other. They are both salt and light pastors. This is, these are our <laughs> kind of people that are doing mighty things. So you, you heard her say that they were salt and light council uh, pastors. That, you need, that means you need to check out salt and light council and see what's going on there. In fact, you may get a call as you read through that, that God might want to have you involved some way in that as well. Don't just sit on the sidelines. It's no time to sit on the sidelines anymore. It's time to be activated. We're going to talk more about that activation when Dran Reese and Kaz come right back. More Come Together San Diego with Kaz Taylor is next on K-Praise. Come Together San Diego with Kaz Taylor on K-Praise. Welcome back, my friends, and I hope you're enjoying the fire hydrant, (laughs) especially if you uh, live or are familiar with people that live in California. You know there's a vital thing going on in uh, California. It's called a gubernatorial recall, and a lot of people just don't know much about it. They know a few things, but Dran Reese and I had discussions, and Dran Reese is my co-host. She's the founder of Salt and Light Council and Biblical Voter and Public School Exit and Content of Character Series, and we we got to talk, and we go, you know, people that have a moral uh, moral thermometer they kind of know generally but i said you know we said they, they need to know more so i said ren bring in whomever you want and talk about these things but no holds barred and so you have somebody you want to introduce for this segment and the next segment and my friends if i ask you to you to buckle your seatbelt, not only have them buckled spiritually speaking but tighten them up a little bit <laughs> Dren. Oh, thank you, Kaz. Well, actually, in this segment, we're going to have Pastor Stephen Broden, and he's from Dallas, Texas. He is the executive director of the Content of Character series. Yes. And uh, that's a phenomenal uh, ministry uh, that has done 12 summits around the nation to speak into the inner city about a variety of subjects that are affecting the black community. 
But in this section, we want to pivot a little bit. So we want to pivot to what is happening to the churches and the people of God. Yes. So while we have an election uh, here, a recall election, we have this recall election, and it started last year during the COVID pandemic because we finally put it together. He's a tyrant, and he is lording over the church with his mandates and you heard from Bishop R. Sure. Hodges the reason why. And we've let, we've left, we the church have let uh, some things slide that we shouldn't have let, let slide. Right. And so in this segment, uh, Pastor Stephen Broden is, is having to field a tremendous amount of issues regarding the, the masks and the vaccinations. And so uh, this is a very hot topic right now. And I thought it was very important for your parishion, for your listeners to hear what Pastor Stephen Broden is doing. So Pastor Stephen Broden, are you out there? I am. Can you hear me? Yes, sir. We sure can. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Pastor. You're a remarkable guy. I've met you a few times. God bless you, sir. Thank you, and and God bless what you're doing. Pastor Broden, uh, and Pastor Broden is also the senior pastor of Fair Park Bible Fellowship Church in Dallas, Texas. Pastor Broden, let's let's get right into it, because this whole mass vaccination mandate that— uh, you know, our our Christian brothers and sisters are having to endure. Yeah, they can't go to. They almost can't hold a job anymore without being told that they're going to be fired. So you've done some pretty remarkable things with your church. So before we get into that, uh, so this is the pivot point here. Uh, can you tell us why it is so important for? Christians to be aware of what is actually happening to their religious freedom when it comes to the COVID, to the mass vaccination, how all of this is coming together with religious freedom? Well, I I do believe it's our stewardship responsibility to know what's going on. The Bible says be on the alert. And to know what is happening through the lens of our faith gives us a perspective, a divine perspective that helps us to shape how we respond. All of our responses should be through our faith relationship with God. The Bible says very clearly in Colossians chapter 2 and verse 8, See to it that no one takes you captive through philosophies, empty deception, according to the traditions of men, or according to the elementary principles of the world, rather than according to Jesus Christ. So what we see, number one, it's our stewardship responsibility to not be seduced or deceived in action that is antithetical to that which God has defined for us within the Word of God. I have that stewardship responsibility. Listen to the Apostle again. See to it that no one takes you captive. I'm equipped with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places, according to Ephesians chapter 1, and I have the resident power of the Godhead, the third person of the Godhead, living in me. So I have the capacity to stand firm in the faith and to resist the devil. The Bible says when we do that, he will flee. And so what we see is that we are to be on the defense and be on the alert. Against what? Philosophies. That word, Sophia, there means the philosophies of men. And the philosophies are the ideas that's driving The conflict and the contention in our culture right now are philosophies developed by men who hated God. Darwinism, socialism, communism, Marxism, human secularism, feminism. All those isms are created by men and women who hated God. And they're working to reduce, mitigate, 
marginalize and nullify the Christian influence in the public square. And for all intent and purpose, men and women, they have been successful. Mm. So uh, that's what we see happening. I believe that it is our stewardship responsibility as salt and light agents of the kingdom of God, ambassadors of the kingdom, to represent the kingdom even when it's unpopular. And right now it's unpopular in America to be a Christian. It sure is unpopular, and you sent me the Nuremberg Code, and as I was reading that and listening to you just now, um, this is why we have laws. We have laws to restrict people from uh, deception and evil doing. but in, in this Nuremberg Code, I was taken back because we, we were actually in 19, what is it, 49, 49, these tribunals, that any kind of an experimentation that were, was to be done on us uh, we had to ha- have consent for that, legal capacity to give consent. Right. And in the Nuremberg Code, there, there is language that says that you do not do experimental um, testing on human beings without their consent. Informed so consent, if, actually. Yeah, yeah informed, informed consent. I mean, it's, yeah. it's very important. Yeah, informed consent. In fact, they have to have it explained to them that it's experimental, that there's no trials uh, that have been done. We have no testing on it. Do you want to be a part of this? And I can say yes or no. So it is informed consent. That is in the Nuremberg trial. That is a treaty that was signed by the United States, which makes it one of the highest laws of our land. And it's international, too, isn't it, Pastor? It's international. I mean, this is something, no matter what nation you're in, the uh, Nuremberg code is embraced if it was signed by that nation if they signed on we signed on we signed on so the vaccinate uh, that's still that's still available to us today and we can use that i don't know why we aren't and why we're testing or pushing based upon that nuremberg code well you bring up a really good point because when i read this i thought wow there it is you know i'm not you know i have the power of my free choice nobody is going to force me to take a vaccination that's fraud or lie to me and tell me that it's safe for me when i don't know and it's still uh you know an experimental drug so right well it's going to be tested now that the uh food drug administration gave uh, some kind of approval. I don't know what it is yet. People are saying it's not the full approval. They gave approval to the FISA. Right. And of course, those who are using uh, this vaccine to manipulate people will use that as a means to get people to go ahead and get the, get the vaccination. But I would say, let's talk about what that approval was. What was that? And what does it give them opportunity to do? As far as I know, the testing is still going on, and it's still experimental. Right. So, Pastor Broden, so how does this, with even though they've approved Pfizer and it's no longer under the EUA, the Emergency Youth Authorization Act, we still have Moderna and the other drugs that are still under that. So that means that we are not responsible. We can actually apply the Nuremberg Code right now. So what I'd like to do, we only have two minutes in this segment, but of course we'll be back for the next segment. Can you tell me, what is our protection? What do we do? Because these right. vaccinations, they're forcing people to, to take it or lose their job. Yes. Pastor, uh, Pastor Broden, we have one minute left in this segment, so okay. set the stage as pastors do, <laughs> and then we'll come back after the commercial break. Pastor Stephen Broden. Information education is what's required of us now. 
My, my, my. Yes. And we're going to talk more about that in greater detail. Dran, is that okay with you the oh, next segment? Oh, sure. Well, I have a religious exemption letter here. I know Pastor Broden also has his, and several attorneys have made a variety of copies. So we'll talk about the instructions for filling that out, because it's very important that if someone here in your listening audience does not want to get the vaccination and is a Christian, an authentic Christian, that's most important, authentic Christian, then they have every right to consider their body the temple of God. Oh, my. I, my friend, this is something that you really need to pay attention to. We're going to deal with it in the next segment when Pastor Stefan Broden and Dran Reese and Kaz, when we come right back. This is Come Together San Diego, the live local show on K-Praise. More Come Together San Diego is just moments away. KPRZ, San Marcos Poway, and K29CR Encinitas, FM 106.1, North County, AM 1210, San Diego, K-Praise. Time to get off your couch and back to church. I'll tell the world. Come together, San Diego, with Kaz Taylor on K-Praise. Well, hello, my friends. Welcome back to the, can you believe it, second hour of Come Together San Diego. The hours go quickly, Dran Reese. My, my co-host for this entire broadcast is Dran Reese. She's the founder of Salt and Light Council, Biblical Voter, Public School, Exit, and Content of Character Series. And through the Content of Character Series is where I met Pastor Stefan Broden. And uh, you guys have an engaging conversation. I'm going to hand it to you so you don't let any time pass by without going straight to the heart of things with Pastor, uh, Pastor Stefan Broden. Pastor Broden, I want to ask you, uh, vaccine companies are not held accountable, as we know, with the 1986 law that um, made them all uh, kind of exempt from vaccine injury lawsuits, which is unfortunate. So now people who take any kind of a vaccination, if they're injured, there's vaccine injury, uh, pretty much there's nobody that they can go to. I mean, they can try to get some federal support, but it's a long process for them. And they can, but, sue, they can sue the, uh, the medical facilities. They're, they're vulnerable, but the big pharma is not. Right. Oh, and my. So, so with this vaccination, you know, all of us have to really be careful to talk to each other about being very, very careful whether they're going to take it or not. But I want to talk to you about the fact that if people are taking this, it's at their own risk at this point because they have nobody that they can de- depend on. If somebody really says they don't want to take this vaccination because they've heard way too many things about them having fetal stem cells in them, you know, taking on someone else's DNA or maybe blood clots or in reality, not just for medical reasons, but also because you see your body as the temple of God and you want to keep it clear and clean and undefiled. Pastor Broden, what are their options? Well, there is a religious exemption that is available to all of us. And, and there are different elements that we can use within that exemption that will communicate our understanding of the law that will obviously push back uh, against uh, these businesses and corporation, because the question is, they're the ones who are making us get the shot. Are they viable? Are they liable? That's a question that needs to be asked and answered. Uh, I have a form, and on the form, uh, we have a note to the employer. As your employee, I request that you review this document, provide the requisite information, and sign the form in regard to your requirement 
that the employees get a COVID-19 emergency use authorization shot. Number one, if I agree to receive the EUA COVID-19 injection, does my employee health insurance plan provide complete coverage should I experience an adverse event or even death? That's a question that's got to be asked. Wow. Will you, are you willing to cover me on that? Right now, uh, folks, you got to. If you're not willing to cover me on that, then I'm not willing to take the shot until you cover me. Oh, my. Number two, number two, an employee does, says this, does my life insurance, my life insurance, this is different from the health insurance, does my life insurance policy provide coverage in the event that I die from receiving the EUA COVID-19 injection? Answer that question for me, Mr. Employee mm-hmm. or employer. Answer that for me. Number three, I can't read them all, but I'm going to read three of them here. As an employee, will you provide workers' compensation, disability insurance, or other resources if I have an adverse event, taking this COVID injection? And am I una- and if I am unable to come to work for days, weeks, or months, or if I am permanently disabled for life? Pastor Broden, employer, can you answer that question for me? And if they answer no, 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 then you have an answer for them. No, <laughs> absolutely. And those forms are available. And, and, and if and if they continue to push, you say, well, I'm going to take this form because it's a form and they have to fill it out. And I'm going to put it before my lawyer and ask him if what's my remedy for your unwillingness to cover me and my sicknesses. So listen, folks, what Pastor Broden is talking about is that you go on the offense with your own employer. You don't have to take their mandates to tell you to go get the COVID vaccination. You can download this form. If you want to get this form, why don't you go ahead and, you know, what? we will post this, Pastor Broden, on, where are we going to post this? I think we can post it on pastortownhall.town, pastortownhall.town. Dot town. So it's not up there yet, folks, but just give me a little time and I'll get posted right. there. You can download yeah, I, I this form. See, I, wanna, I know our time is short. Sure. I've got to give I got to get this one in. Sure. I, uh, there's a lady who uh, we were talking with out of Michigan and she she believes in what I believe in. That is a cluster bomb. You load up your your letter asking for a request with as much information as you can to let them know that you're studied and that you may have some legal recourse. Uh, In this letter, she dropped this line in. She said, I would like to share with you uh, the reminder of the most recent VERA report dated July 30th. There were reported 12,360 deaths and 650,000 injuries, including 14,200 permanent disabilities. 67,985 emergency room visits, 45,900 hospitalization, and 12,193 life-threatening injuries to recipients of the COVID-19 vaccine in the United States. Harvard study demonstrate that only 1% of adverse events are actually reported on theirs, so the numbers are much higher. In summary, my deeply held religious conviction forbid me from accepting experimental gene therapy into my body. This is not something that God wants me to do, nor am I willing to be a human trial subject in this experiment. 
Pastor Bruce, uh, what she did was was so powerful. She got the numbers and put those numbers in there. Amen. And you hear those numbers, you look at those numbers. It doesn't sound like it's something safe to do. That's right. And, and she, she was, made that. She was granted. She was granted a religious exemption. Well, I think you need to find her and get a copy of that letter for us because I think that's a great witness. What she did, and folks, you need to listen. Make your religious exemption letter personal. Do your research. Personal. Make it personal. It, has to be personal. it can't be a letter to the your employer. Writing on your behalf. I can't do that. Right. They'll 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 snuff me off. But if you say that, and I sign off on saying I affirm this testimony to be true, then you have your personal testimony is being affirmed by your religious leader and all the facts and statistics that you put in it. And you attach that question. Will they uh, take liability for any injury or disability? Attach that to your letter and uh, and let's see what they do. And if they say no, appeal it. Keep going until you get somebody who's going to pay attention to what you're saying. And then eventually, if you have to, get you a good lawyer. And when that happens, I guarantee you they'll back down like scared puppies. <laughs> well, I think you have the right idea, Pastor Broden. It's about time that we go on the offensive with our employers. You know, it's really sad that our employers actually are now the ones that are ha- having to be the front line of defense for us. Our government should have... Uh, made this a lot simpler on all of us and given us the option to get this vaccination or not. But what they're doing is they're pushing it off on the employers and the employers are now turning around because they feel like their backs are against the wall and people are going to get sick because they're believing all this false information out there. As a matter of fact, what your your information and the CDC, they completely disagree. And the, well, disagree. let me be smug about this. And the C- CDC disagrees with themselves <laughs> right. as well. <laughs> yeah, they've also been known to have false data out there. Uh, they were caught releasing it about uh, in Georgia, about 160 school uh, schools and with 90 kids in different masks and, and the effects of all of that in the schools. So we are literally at a time in our history in America where we're actually fighting against our own government. Folks, I have to tell you, this is brilliant what Pastor Broden has done. And we are going to put this. So two things that you need to remember is the religious exemption letter and that you need to make it personal. And I hope that Pastor Broden will send me that letter from this lady as an example of one letter that you can use. Don't copy it word for word. Go out and do your own research. Make it your own. But you also uh, then attach this employer form where you're asking your employer to fill out these, the information, whether this vaccination that they're asking them to take is going to kill them. Bottom line, you're asking me to take the vaccination. Is it going to kill me? Am I going to die? Are you going to provide health insurance, mm-hmm. workman's compensation, and other things should this happen? Exactly. Pastor Broden, if you're an employer, what do you think you would do at that point? We have uh, less than a minute. I'm sorry about that, Pastor. Well, an employer will, will have to consider whether they're going to be willing to take liability on that. I, I guarantee you that they're not. I think they're right now seeking to be uh, exempt from any liability. They're seeking that out. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do believe that we still need to study what the FDA uh, did with the Pfizer. What does that mean? Uh, we need to get uh, Matt to take a look at that or some other lawyers that can take a look at it and see if, in fact, it is what they're claiming it is to be. If it is not, then we need to know that it is not so that it will not be used as a a mallet against us or a hammer against our position. 
So uh, if it's still an experimental stage, and I understand that it is because they have not released it as approval for kids 16 and under. Yes. Because they don't have the data on it. Right. So, you know, if, if, if there's any question about it at all, that gives me a right to have consent uh, to say no or yes. Yes. Pastor right. Stephen so Broden. We need a lawyer to give us that explanation. E- exactly. Thank you so much, Pastor. You're a remarkable man. I've thought it from the beginning, and I haven't changed my mind. <laughs> thank you, Pastor. Thank you. It's a pleasure. Dran, uh, we thank uh, Pastor Broden for joining us on the, these two segments. We have more from other people that are very vital as well. As we, we're, we're kind of hopscotching a little bit on different items that are pertinent to you that not only have to do with the California gubernatorial election, but also the general uh, landscape that we need to be about. Aware with as well, uh, so we're going to deal with f- further things, and we have another person coming on the line very soon to talk about uh, election strategies and uh, voting issues and things like that. So do not go away because Dran has only just begun. She's only just begun. <laughs> so Dran and Kaz and a special guest will join us when we come right back. This is Come Together San Diego, the live local show on K Praise. More Come Together San Diego is just moments away. Now, back to Come Together San Diego, the live local show on K Praise with Kaz Taylor. I am smiling from ear to ear because you, you love to do good broadcasts that are informative, and I'm smiling because I believe this is a good broadcast and one that you can. Uh, uh, take to heart, but also take to action, and this will activate you, my listening friend. We're talking not only about the, gu- <laughs> the gubernatorial uh, uh, recall of Gavin Newsom, but we're talking about things that are deeper deeper in uh, as it relates to the overall Judeo-Christian values and defending against enemy influence therein as well. So Dran Reese has been and is my uh, co-host for the entire broadcast, Dran Reese, a founder of Salt and Light Council, Biblical Voter, a Public School Exit, Content of Character Series. I guess you can tell that she's embedded herself into God's stuff, and her, her heart cry is not to have vengeance on people, but to give people an opportunity to come to a saving uh, knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. <laughs> not only uh, people on the exterior, but people that have been claiming godliness or religion for a long time, and even some pastors, I'm sad to say. Dran, we've got somebody great on the line to talk with us about voter integrity and voter pitfalls and other things. Dran, I'm going to hand it off to you again to introduce our guest for these next two segments. Thank you so much, Kaz. Well, we're going to bring in Ruth Wise. She's with the Election Integrity Project. Ruth, are you there? I am indeed. Oh, thank you so much for joining us, Ruth. You know, as as Kaz was talking, I was just reminded, we would not be in this position to even have a recall if it weren't for the fact that people were violating God's law in a big way. And I think we're at a real pivotal point in California's history that if... If we don't get some righteous leadership, we are going to continue to groan and mourn under the heavy weight. Ruth, you and Linda Payne from Election Integrity Project. Um, in fact, go ahead and give your website address now. I want to make sure that everybody knows what you do. Go ahead and give it the first time out. Okay. Uh, our, our website is EIP, that stands for Election Integrity Project. So it's eip 
caforniacom All right. Well, I thank you so much. I, I think it's important for you all to write that website down. Go and check it out. These people are doing heroic work for our elections. They are literally checking the voter rolls. They are checking the fraud. Fraud. They are fighting lawsuits. They're underfunded, and but they are doing an an amazing job stretching a dollar six ways from Sunday. Ruth, we have this election coming up, and there's so many things that can go wrong. I mean, literally, I saw in the news the other day where 300 ballots were found in the trunk of some car. I mean, what is that all about? But Ruth, we want to do it right. Christians do it right. So what we want to talk about is what is the right way to handle the ballot uh, that's been, I, I believe all of them have been mailed to us. Let me let me just throw this over to you and talk about the what is the path right now, what do we need to pay attention to, when is this election, what's the most important thing? Well, thank you, Dran. At Election Integrity Project California, we've been fighting now for 11 years to push back on the voting by mail. Uh, As everybody knows, you're getting all kinds of controversy. You're getting people with ballots where you can see the votes through the holes. I mean, there's all kinds of stuff. And then what you mentioned with somebody suddenly caught with 300 ballots in their, in their, their car, we have videos of people breaking into the back of mailbox uh, rows and just pulling out all the ballots and stuffing them in their bags and taking off. That is the danger of the vote by mail ballot. When you mail one to every single person without uh, verifying that they still exist that they still have the same address, that they want to vote. Uh, But California has seen fit to do that. So now everyone on our voter rolls, and they are very, very unmaintained, um, is having a a ballot mailed to them. So now you have to deal with what do I do with extra ones, what do I do with things that, that, you know, don't look right. But let's assume your ballot came to you and everything's okay. Our first uh, and foremost recommendation is and always has been that you wait until the polls are open in your county and you take that vote by mail ballot to the polling location that you surrender it to the person there. Let that person mark it, surrendered and tear it in half. And then they issue you a poll ballot and you vote in person on election day. The reason we recommend that as the number one best way to vote is because then your ballot doesn't go in in an envelope where it has to be handled and processed and validated and quite often copied over before it goes to the tabulator on your behalf. So there's just so many things in the processing of that vote-by-mail ballot that could go wrong, that could compromise uh, your ballot, that maybe have it not even uh, be voted or to be adjudicated so that your vote got changed from what you intended. So our first uh, recommendation for those who can do it is to go to the polls and vote in person by surrendering the vote-by-mail ballot. If you uh, can't do that or you still want to use that envelope ballot, then please turn it in safely by either taking it to the registrar's office yourself or using one of the safe, I assume I'm talking mostly to San Diego County people, um, the safe drop boxes that have been set up in our county. They are staffed and they are emptied every day. So that makes them a very secure way to turn in that ballot if you want to. And then I know that some churches and organizations that you trust are having ballot uh Uh, collection events, and you could certainly turn it into that ballot collection event if you feel comfortable that the people who are taking your ballot are going to do the right thing with it. 
Thank you so much for that, Ruth. And for those that are looking for their polling location, you can go to biblicalvoter.com, biblicalvoter.com. Then click on the state voter guides. Look for your state, California. We have every state listed there. And right there at the top, it's going to tell you everything you need to know about how to handle your ballot, where your polling location is. And it's going to give you some interesting insight on as to which candidates in this recall election have signed the Family First Pledge. But we'll get to the Family First Pledge later. Biblicalvoter.com. Yes, biblicalvoter.com. That's going to give you your basic information for California and how to handle these ballots. Ruth, this is... uh, you know, this is the tough part with these mail-in ballots, and I really need you to stress to people how important it is that they, when they get their mail-in ballot, that they make sure that they don't, if they're not going to surrender it to the polls, that they're not, you know, filling it out with pens, making marks on it, spilling coffee on it, doing this over their dinner. Can you talk to that about what will happen with a ballot if, it's, if it shows any signs of damage? Yes, and, and I'm glad you asked that question, Dran, because when, when you're filling it out at home, sometimes you might make a mistake uh, or sometimes you might you know, be eating a sandwich or, like you said, drinking coffee. It's, you want to be very careful and keep that ballot as clean and neat and, and, and pristine as possible. You want to mark it uh, well with a, a ballpoint pen if you can. Um, Sharpies sometimes bleed through the other side. Um, in this particular ballot in San Diego, everything's on one side, so a bleed through wouldn't matter. But still, you try to, to keep that ballot uh, marked properly. You don't want to make extra marks on it. I know that there are people who have accidentally, you know, marked the wrong person and they, they don't, and they want to change it. So they call the registrar and say, you know, what do I do? I made a mistake on my ballot. Can I have a new one? And quite often, even though they are supposed to provide you with a new one, they say, oh, don't worry about that. Just cross it out and we'll fix it when it gets to us. Well, what that means, though, is if you do that, if you make any corrections on your ballot, then it will not go through the tabulator that way. They have to give it to two people to copy over, in which case it could be copied over incorrectly before it gets to the tabulator. So you don't want to do anything to make your ballot have to be copied over. Keep it clean, neat, mark it very neatly with a ballpoint pen. Are you saying that uh, they should have it, their whole, whole ballot bark, marked before they go actually to their voting site, or can they go with it empty and you and, and, and um, hand it over, relinquish it at that point, or do they have to have it filled out? No, Dran was asking me what they are to do with their ballot if they are going to use it. Well, I understand. If you're not going to use it, if you are going to surrender it, uh, you can take it in either filled out or not filled okay, out. Okay, that's, that's what I wanted matter. to know, too. Thank you. Either way, yeah. It's uh, just that when it gets surrendered, whoever you give it to is going to see any marks you put on it. If that matters to you, you might want to not have it marked. Right. So when you get there, if you're going to be tearing it up and then surrendering it for an electronic ballot... That's one thing. Um, and and, and right. frankly, folks, if you do spill on your ballot or do something and you have an extra bark on it, please, please, please do not put that into the envelope and mail it. Please, please, please just go to your polling location, surrender it, and vote on the spot. And again, you can go to biblicalvoter.com to find out your polling location. And again, Ruth Wise, her website, Election Integrity, is E as in election, I as in integrity, P as in project, dash ca for california.com and they're doing a masterful job throughout uh, the western hemisphere in nevada arizona and california 
want to ask you a real quick question. And on the next segment, we're going to talk about how to fill out the recall ballot. But in this one, can you tell me, you just have a very quick time. You have like 20 or 30 seconds, and then we'll set the stage, if you would, Ruth, for the next uh, for the next part. Do we have Divin- okay. Dominion voting machines in California? Yes, 40 of the 58 counties in California are using the Dominion system. And then Los Angeles County uses a Smartmatic type one, which is very similar to Dominion. So the vast majority of the state is using that kind of device. Ooh, subject for conversation in the next segment, among other things. So, Ruth Wise, thank you much for this segment, and I know you're staying to join us for the next segment as well. I I tell you what, Dran, this is vital information all in one place, all in one program here if you want to be a a viable uh, Judeo-Christian-hearted voter in this gubernatorial recall. You need to pay close attention. Dran Reese and I and our very special call-in guest, Ruth Wise, will be joining you when we come right back. You're listening to Come Together San Diego, the live local show on KPraise. Don't just listen to it. Be a part of it at 866-577-2473. You're just moments away from more Come Together San Diego on K-Praise. This is Rob Stark, pastor of Lampladder Revival Center. There is a time and a season we're entering right now where the new wine is being released and we all get to drink of it. Now, more of Come Together San Diego, the live local show on K-Praise. Here's Kaz Taylor. And I'm back and my co-host, Dran Reese, the founder of Salt and Light Council, Biblical Voter, Public School Exit, Content of Character Series, and who who knows what else God is stirring with her. She's she she is obedient and God has her involved in so many thing things with so many different uh Judeo Christian hearted believers. She's remarkable and she's my co host for this entire uh, two hours. We also have on the phone with us, and we're gonna continue that interview, Ruth Wise, and she is uh Tied to the Election election Integrity Project, www.eip-ca for California.com. You can find out more about these things uh, in that light. So you started you started the, uh, the, the fire here, Dran, in talking about different things uh, of different values and things like that. And uh, the, you mentioned the word dominion machines and things like that. And California, 40 of 58 counties have the Dominion itself, and other counties have Dominion prototype machinery as well. Oh, my goodness, we know the stir that that caused. Dran, I'm going to put you and uh, Ruth back together again and uh, continue your conversation. Dran Reese. Well, with the Dominion machines, we know that there's all sorts of lawsuits going on around the country to try to prove that these things have actually been connected to the Internet. Uh, Ruth, let me just ask you a quick question about the Dominion machines. What is it that you um, are investigating here in California regarding the Dominion machines? Well, there are two things. In 2018, 2019, we have a a very good uh, research group that did a deep dive into the Dominion, Dominion machines because we had some concern with them. And they produced an 86-page report that basically indicates that we have some serious issues with it and that, that it needs investigation. We really do believe, based on studying the machine and, and all of the uh, models, the um, handbooks and stuff that come with it, that it could 
potentially be a, a security risk. And so we really believe that there needs to be more attention paid to that before we just blithely go off and continue to use it. Uh, we also have a an active lawsuit now, um, and a portion of that lawsuit does get to the potential of a um, of an audit of the 2020 election, um, an audit of the hardware and software of the machines in the 13 counties that we are currently suing, and most of those would would be a Dominion machine that we would get a, a close look. I think it's important to recognize that um, that we don't know for sure. If, a, if the Dominion machines can be connected to the Internet, if there is a secret Wi-Fi modem, I mean, all these different yes. conspiracies that I've heard about. So what, what our position is, is that we just want to do the deep dive and research it. And, and our, our position is that if elections officials really want to have the faith and trust of the electorate and they have nothing to hide, then they should not have a problem with helping us get to the bottom of this so we can reassure the public everything's okay or we can find out it's not okay and fix it. Ruth, I have a quick question for you. Are the Dominion machines going to be used in this recall election or is that a completely different counting approach? No, they will be used. That is now the voting system for these counties and they're not going to switch systems. We do have one county, San Luis Obispo, where after 2020 the people uh, negotiated with uh, with the registrar and with the, the county board of supervisors and brought up their concerns regarding the machines. And so uh, for this election anyway, San Luis Obispo has agreed to give paper ballots and count by hand. So they're not going to be using Dominion for this uh, election. Every other county is just going to do what, you know, whatever they did in 2020 with their election system. But do we have people around holding them accountable more than ever before or not? Well, we certainly have trained a lot of observers to go in and pay attention, but in terms of accountability, there's no way for us to tell if the machines themselves are compromised just by observing, which is why we need a little bit more reassurance than that ultimately down the line. Yes, this is the biggest problem right there. Ruth, uh, one of the things that Election Integrity Project does is to do an exhaustive training at every election for poll observers Ruth, why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit about election integrity and the type of volunteers that you would like to start getting signed up for now and get trained now for the next election? Thank you, Dran. Uh, we have two major things that we do that create the documentation that we use to work with officials at the statewide level and at the county level, and then ultimately, if necessary, uh, become part of the documentation in lawsuits. And that is we have a research team that, that continues to look at the voter rolls. Con- you know, every couple of months we buy them again. We're constantly looking for duplicates for deceased, for people who are inactive, people who should no longer be on the rolls. And we communicate that. And then the other thing we do is our observer program. So before every election, we have exhaustive training uh, for people who step up and volunteer. We train you in what an election should look like if it's being done lawfully and correctly and what to do if you are finding that that's not what you are seeing. So we train people to watch the ballot processing where every step of the way where those, those ballots are being adjudicated. And then we also train people to go at the polling locations when people are voting in person and make sure that ballots and votes and voters are properly treated and, and taken care of to increase the visibility and increase the uh, integrity of the election. 
For this election coming up, we have uh, completed our ballot uh, observation for, for the ballot processing, and we are uh, mostly finished with the polling location. So we're not looking for more volunteers for this election, but we are absolutely looking for people to connect with us on the website, get on our email list so they will be prepared to join in this effort for 2022. I was a poll observer myself, and I was trained by Ruth Wise, and I went out with one of our staff members, and we went and were given a route, and we went and watched the different uh, aspects of the election, and this was in 2016. I have to tell you, folks, it is a, a, a marvelous thing to do as your service back to our community, and each and every one of us need to be involved on some level in volunteerism for our community. This is the best thing you could do. Please go to eip ca.org election integrity project dash ca.org so that you can sign up also i wanted to or did i say dot com it should be dot com sorry dot com uh but ruth we only have about a minute or so left and i want to make sure that people know what how to fill out the ballot when it comes for the recall election so what do they do there are two questions how do they fill it out It's an extremely simple ballot. The first question says, do you want to recall the current governor? And you will vote yes or no. That's simple. And then every single voter has the right to fill out an answer on part two of the ballot if they want to. So it doesn't matter whether you voted yes or no on the top part of the ballot. The bottom part of the ballot lists, I don't know, some 50-some-odd candidates who have thrown their hat in the ring to replace Governor Newsom if the recall is successful. So the second part is, is you select your candidate of choice, you put uh, a mark in the bubble next to that candidate's name and you're done. You just mark two spots and you're done. If you vote no on the recall, and I can't, you know, I mean, folks, Governor Newsom here, for no reason other than the way he treated the church and the non-essential status and how he has continued to bully the church, folks, on that level alone, from a scriptural standpoint, do you you know, you to me, it would be a no-brainer to vote yes. But I ask you out, uh, Ruth, if there are some people out there who vote no on the recall, do they still pick a candidate? They have that right. Every ballot that any voter receives for every election, uh, everything on that ballot, they have the right to mark yes or no or, or mark next to a candidate, or they have a right to leave it blank. That's up to them. So, yes doesn't matter how you vote on the first part of the ballot. You are entitled to make a choice on the second part of the ballot. Very good. Ruth Weiss, thank you so much for spending some time for, with Dran Reese and, and I. You have uh, answered a lot of questions of people that were just kind of scratching their heads. They think they know what to do, but you've given some uh, ironclad directives, and we thank you so much for that. Ruth Weiss, and you, you, your contact information is www.eip-com caforcalifornia.com and they can find out what they need to know about that. Is that right? That is correct, yes. Thank Ruth, you. thank you so much. Dran, we've got to, we're going to wind things up in the last segment. So Ruth, thank you for joining us. My listening friend, uh, we're, we're going to spend some time uh, tying all these loose ends together and give you a cohesive summary as best we can when Dran Reese and I come right back. More Come Together San Diego with Cass Taylor is next on K-Praise. Now, more of Come Together San Diego, the new live local show on K-Praise. Here's Cass Taylor. Hey, welcome back, my friends, to the summary segment, the SS 
<laughs> the good SS. There's a bad SS <laughs> we know from history as well. But this is the summary statement segment, and we're going to be talking about the things we've discussed. But Dran Reese, my co-host for this entire two hours, the founder of Salt and Light Council, biblical voter, uh, public school exit, uh, content of character series. Uh, she she's a person in the know, so I like to go to her on vital things like this because she knows people who know people who know people, and they all know the, their Savior as well. So, Dran, I'm going to hand it off to you to give kind of a summary statement and overview of everything we've discussed and give people uh, an assurance that God is in control and uh, where he wants us to go from here. We're not to be pew warmers anymore. We're supposed to be activated and beers and doers. Dren Reese. Thank you so much, Kaz. And that is really true, that our job is to be salt and light. We are the salt of the earth and the light of the world, and we have to let our light shine. And that's the whole purpose behind having light, is that we can expose the darkness. Mm -hmm. And in summing up what we've already heard, there are two main topics. One is the recall. Yes. The other one is, what are we going to do about all of the forced vaccination and mandates? We really didn't get enough time to talk about all of these things. But I want to remind your audience that you have a legislature here in California that is literally running this state. They're running you. They are legislating laws against your moral values. God gave us the Ten Commandments, and they've decided that some of those commandments, eh, they don't really matter, and they've made various types of legislation against them. And I have to say, folks, it's really um, going through the legislature right now because it's a majority Democrats. They're pushing anything that they want through right now vaccine mandates, uh, you can't enter a hotel or entertainment establishment or any of those places. That's introduced by Wix. It's AB 455. You have to say no to that. You need to get out and say no to Assembly Bill 455 that was introduced by Wix. It's a vaccine mandate. Oh, by the way, you can get all of these bills and res- resolutions. And on, where could we get those? You can get them on our website. Yes, which is? <laughs> well, if you go to um, salt and light council and the spelling C- for council is C O U N C I L dot org. You're going to see a suite of ministries that you've been talking about, but there are two ministries that apply today. One is biblicalvoter.com, but the other one is Judeo Christian caucus. Judeo Christian caucus has all the bills and resolutions from here in California, Judeo Christian caucus. And you'll see it right there when you go to salt and light council.org. But some of these bills, folks, they are insane. Uh, Ethnic studies, this was also introduced, AB 101, Medina, who's also a Democrat, where now your kids are going to be chanting in school to to a god who was uh, the god, the Aztec god Mm. of Molech. So, folks, do you want your kids chanting to an unknown god? And then you have an LGBT issue here by Evan Lowe, another Democrat, AB 1084, you have another vaccine mandate, a parental rights issue, all of these, a freedom of religion. It um, sounds right. That sounds good, freedom of religion. Yeah, but, but it isn't. It's regarding <laughs> sexual orientation yes. and gender identity. They have got this all backwards. It's targeting our big biblical values. So, folks, you really have to pay attention. I am imploring you that if you want to have a turnaround in our culture, you need to know what these people are passing underneath your nose to Undo your Judeo-Christian values, your heritage, and the church itself. And give that that's website. Why, give that website once more. Okay. That, again, it's salt, you know, salt of the earth and light 
of the world council salt and light council c-o-u-n-c-i-l dot org look at the suite of ministries yes look up biblicalvoter.com for today's issue on where is your polling location how to deal with the recall election the look under state voter guides but also for the bills and issues those are on judeo-christian caucus so on that line just to wrap this up um one of the ways that we analyze candidates and we keep it very simple and straight line biblical we have a list, a litmus test. It's called God's non-negotiable moral values. And if the candidates don't match up to that, then from our standpoint, from our standpoint, we don't believe that they have the moral fiber to vote for them. Yeah, and you called it family pledge. It's called the family, family first pledge, first and it pledge. is found family first pledge, and it is found on biblicalvoter.com. And again, if you go to the state voter guides, we've outlined the candidates that have signed the family first pledge. Yes. And those that have refused it. Now, I'm only going to mention those that have signed it. Yes, and the rest uh, you do them, the math, my friend. You Listen figure to the it ones out. that have signed it, and the other ones have refused to sign the Family First Pledge. And give us an overview of what the Family First Pledge is. is, is the moral values dealing with Judeo-Christian precepts. Only five. Yes. Very simple. One page with a witness they sign to be pro-life, pro-marriage between a man and a woman, pro-right of conscience, which you're having to exercise right now yes. with the vaccine mandates, pro-parental rights. When you turn your kids over to a public school, there is nothing in, the, that, in God's law that says those children can get a hormone treatment or they can get a transgender operation without the parents knowing Please. about it. But right now, when you turn your kids over to the public schools, they could do that without you ever knowing. Parents, beware. Yes, and the last one is free market principles, pro-free pro market principles. So Dran, by telling people, the, the, the candidates that did not sign this, you, I mean, the ones that did sign it, you can extrapolate that about the ones who did not sign it. And uh, you, you can do your own research on that. But listen, uh, you, a good handful of people signed it. Uh, but a lot of these things, people you wouldn't identify as forerunners. Some of them are or at least could be. Why don't you tell us the people quickly, we've got about three or four minutes left in the show, who did sign the sure. Family First Pledge, and that'll give you some thought about who hasn't. Right. Well, they are, they are people that also sought the evangelical vote. They found us, and they came to us and said, I want to sign that pledge. So, folks, let me just tell you that these are people that really are sincere about their faith, every single one of them. Now, the candidate that signed the pledge for the second time is John Cox. He's a businessman, and he's an accountant, and he um, has uh, run for this office previously. Uh, he lost in the uh, last election, but he has uh, good name recognition, probably more than all the rest of them. But you also have a pastor that's running, Pastor Sam Gallucci, and all of them are wonderful. I adore him. He has a great outreach into the Latino community. You have Jenny Ray LaRue. Yes. Uh, she's, uh, boy, she's a star. I hope there's a great future for her. Here locally in San Diego, you have Sarah Stevens. Uh, she is a sweetheart of a young gal. She's a pastor, and her husband's a pastor. And then Anthony Tremino, I never got a chance to meet him, uh, but he certainly seems like a wonderful human being. But all of them have said God first and that they will honor these moral values on the Family First Pledge, number one, when they get into office. And the others have refused to sign it or neglected it. Would that be accurate? Well, I will let you all go to biblicalvoter.com and, <laughs> and look <find> it up. <laughs> <laughs> that was a very prudent and wise comment. She, she's a wise woman as well. We've got about two minutes left. How do you want to end this, Dran Reese? Well, I just want to encourage all of you that this is a very 
this is this is on the one hand a very difficult time in history, but on the other hand a great opportunity. Let's go out and be the Christians that God has destined us to be. Let's go out and 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 take the word of God and fill our spirit with it and go out and preach the gospel wherever we can. I mean, if we're going to be silent, we're going to stay home, and we're not going to be involved, and we're not going to talk to people, which is exactly what they're trying to get us exactly. to do. Isolation. Isolate us. Turn us against each other. But we're Christians. We're strong. We are the powerhouse. God's authority rests on all of you Christians. So you go out and you use this authority. Don't give up. If you're looking for someone to work with, to get involved with, certainly we at saltandlightcouncil.org would welcome you signing up on our email list and getting all of our emails for uh, the bills and resolutions. You have to sign up individually for all of them because we have quite a nice suite. But I also share this public school exit right now. If you are concerned about your children being in the public school, you should be. You should be. What they're attempting to turn our kids into is criminal, in my opinion. And we need to get as many of our Christian children out there as they have no intention of ever teaching biblical worldview values, biblical values to these children. The public school system was never intended to do that in the first place. And why we've left them there, I'll never know. Churches, you can provide a homeschool option and co-op with parents. Public school exit is another option. I've given you a lot today to think about, but just go to saltandlightcouncil.org. Get to know our suite of ministries. Get out there and vote September 14th. Get out there. They're counting on you not voting. Yes. But you get out there and vote. Get your ballot. Take it down to your polling location and vote yes on the recall and then vote for your favorite candidate that has our moral values. Yes. Dren Reese, thank you for joining me, my friend. I, I always enjoy interacting with you because we're very like-hearted in many things. And my listening friend, here's the deal. You know, our tendency, and it has been in the past, to say, Lord, please take care of it. I'm going to intercede. I'm going to pray. And he says to us, I have a a sense in the Holy Spirit, he's saying, okay, nice prayers, but now I want you to be activated within those prayers and you do something as well because guess who he uses in these days to do his will? That person is the person listening to this broadcast right now and it is Y-O-U, also spelled E-W-E, you, my friends. So my listening friends, uh, come together, San Diego. Dran, thank you for joining us as, as my co-host for the two hours. My, my, my heart cry on Come Together San Diego is to bring people to you that the uh, media and other people are, are trying to subjugate and get them out of the, the mix. But I've made a commitment that I'm going to bring these people to you and let, so you can hear both sides of the story and make your own heart and own mind up based on what Holy Spirit is whispering and directing you to do. Until next time, on behalf of Dran Reese and Kaz, we say, God bless you. See you later. Thanks for joining Kaz Taylor and his many friends, including you, for Come Together San Diego. Join us again next week as we explore what unity in the body of Christ sounds like within this county and beyond on Come Together San Diego. Tell a friend, tell a neighbor, tell a co-worker. And then let's all come together, San Diego, next Saturday from 5 to 7 p.m. on K Praise.